baseball's back, Cam Newton, and some last words. Let's jump right in. The Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's good? What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I'm your host, Chris LaValley. Hope you all are doing well. Let's kick this off. I'm pumped. Baseball's coming back. I know I, I was on this podcast probably about a month or so ago saying that if baseball didn't come back, I was going to completely boycott the season. I'm pumped. I don't really care anymore about the civil war between the players and the owners. It is what it is. Um, there, we've got a 60-game season uh, that's been mandated by the commish. And, um, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, it's going to start up, they're saying, by the end of July. So July 23rd or 24th is when the season's going to begin. Again, it'll be a 60-game season, and we'll see what happens from there. I'm just, look, I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm not going to make this a very long segment. I'm just excited that baseball is actually coming back. It's too bad that they couldn't have taken advantage of the situation that they had presented to them a few months ago. And we would have already had baseball going on right now. I think it would have done a lot for the sport in general because aside from golf, it really would be the only thing, um, really the only thing that we're talking about as far as live sports goes. So uh, I think baseball definitely missed its mark on that one. But look, it's coming back. I'm pumped. Uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna be doing uh, some, some baseball talk. Uh, in in the coming weeks, uh, we have a project uh, that we're working on the Soundline Network. I don't think we've we've announced it before. We might have when Austin was on this podcast. Ask her it. I'll just rip the bandaid off. Austin Space and I are going to be doing a, a special baseball podcast, uh, which uh, we will um, we'll let you know more about it on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is that you guys follow us, um, and we'll we'll keep you all updated on that. But that'll be coming in the uh, in the coming weeks. We'll uh, we'll give you a little bit more information. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's all I have. So baseball is coming back. If you're a baseball fan, you should be pumped. If you're not a baseball fan, well, since there's no other live sports really going on aside from the NBA playoffs around that time, you should definitely do yourselves a favor and uh, watch a little baseball. Cam Newton is a New England Patriot. Who saw that coming? This guy. Yeah, that's right. I'm totally going to take credit for this one. I said months ago that the best landing spot for Cam Newton would be New England. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Bill Belichick to pull the trigger. And as Bill Belichick does, he waits till the last possible second, make sure that he's not going to possibly overspend on anyone and got Cam Newton signed for a million dollars. I think this is a home run for both people. And here's why for Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is getting an absolute steal on a former MVP quarterback if cam newton is 75 to 80 percent of what he used to be he's still a top 15 quarterback in the league without question i mean he's he's certainly a top half of the league quarterback for cam newton he gets the opportunity to completely rehab his image the same way Jameis winston is going to be able to rehab his image down in new orleans cam newton has the same opportunity now to rehab his image in new england and this is a showcase year for cam newton no question so Newton's going to come out. He's going to come out swinging. And I'm going to put it here first. I think Cam Newton is going, if he does not win the MVP, he's going to be a top three vote getter for MVP by the end of the season. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. I think Cam Newton is going to be a potential MVP candidate, if not the MVP, because I think he's going to play that well in New England. 
I just think it, there's something about it that I just think is going to work. I think Bill Belichick has always wanted to have a scrambling quarterback, someone who's got more legs than Tom Brady. And you look at Jimmy G, Jimmy G can scramble. I think that was part of the appeal, aside from Jimmy G's regular quarterback play in general, that was part of the appeal for Bill Belichick. That's why he drafted him to begin with. He also drafted Jacoby Brissett, who again is another quarterback that's got wheels. Cam Newton, we already know what he can do with his legs. So I, look, I just think this is this is an incredible get for the Patriots. It's an incredible get. And look, I like Jared Stidham. I liked him in college. When the Patriots signed him, I was like, you know what? That's not a bad place for him to be. He's not going to beat out Cam Newton for the starting job. I'm sorry. I just, I don't see it. I, I think you sign Cam Newton to be your starter. You don't sign Cam Newton to be your backup. Because if, if Jared Sinem goes out there and has one awful game, the New England fans are going to scream bloody murder for Cam Newton. And Belichick is way too smart of a coach, way too smart of a game manager, and already knows that that's going to happen. And why put Jared Sinem out there as what? Like, what are you going to, you're going to Bill O'Brien it? Back when Bill O'Brien sat Deshaun Watson initially when he first drafted him to only get booed out of existence and then finally felt guilty and had to put Deshaun Watson in in like game three or four or whatever the hell it was when we all knew Deshaun Watson should have started. Bill Belichick's smarter than that. He's going to start Cam Newton from, from the jump, and he should. Again, look, I have never been a big fan of Cam Newton. First one to admit it. I, I just, I, I've never really, I've always found him to be remarkably overrated. He's had one great MVP season. But Ron Rivera was his head coach. He wasn't coached by Bill Belichick. Ron Rivera is not a quarterback coach. He's a defensive head coach. I don't think Cam Newton has ever had a great quarterback coach. I just, I've always found Cam Newton to be incredibly inaccurate. And again, more of a showman with his feet, a playmaker with his feet than he has been with his arm. And again, he did have that one caveat season when he went, he won the MVP. He took his team to the Super Bowl. So aside from having one or two really good years, you know, his numbers haven't been that great. But again, I know he's getting older. Okay. So bear with me here. Cause I know I'm, I'm sounding insane here with, I started off by saying he's going to win the MVP. And then I just said, well, you know, I've never really been a big fan and he's only had two good years, but again, he's going into new England, which honestly, I think Bill Belichick can turn water into wine without, with pretty much any quarterback doesn't matter who it is. And yes, I know he's always had Tom Brady. So it's really hard to, to make that comparison. Like that's a, it's a huge reach by me, but I don't care. I think Cam Newton wants this. I think this is, this is driven in a multitude of ways. One is that Bill Belichick desperately wants to prove that it's not Tom Brady. The reason why he's been successful as a head coach is not because of Tom Brady. And I think the majority of us know that he has not been successful just because of Tom Brady. It's because Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time. But if he's able to take Cam Newton, who's been injury riddled over the past couple seasons, who people literally just forgot about because, again, he was able to pick him up for a million dollars. Nobody wanted him. People signed Andy Dalton before they signed Cam Newton. That's how low Cam Newton has fallen. So he's able to take Cam Newton, who nobody wants, and make him a successful player. There's no question anymore. You can't sit there and go, oh, well, you know, clearly it was more Brady than Belichick. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You can't make that argument anymore if Cam Newton is successful. Now on the Cam Newton side of things, again, this is a showcase year for Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton needs to come out. He needs to ball like crazy, and he needs to prove that he is worthy of not only being a starting quarterback, but being paid like a starting quarterback. And I think he's going to do I think he's going to be motivated. Look, you can say all you want about Cam Newton, and I certainly have shellacked him many of times on my podcast and on other podcasts. But Cam Newton is a showman. Cam Newton likes the spotlight. He likes being the center of attention. This is his opportunity to be to bring himself back into being the center of attention. And I understand that in the Belichick locker room, he's not about me first players. He's all about we're a team, we're a unit, you know, we, we work together, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not saying that he's going to stand for Cam Newton, you know, walking around doing the press conference stuff like he used to do in Carolina. And I get that. But when I'm saying center of attention, I'm talking about like the fact that the NFL world will be talking about Cam Newton again about him being a star in the league. That's where I'm going with it. I'm not saying that, like, you know, he's going to be holding those obnoxious press conferences with his stupid attire anymore. And maybe he will. Maybe he will still dress obnoxiously, even if it does piss off Belichick. But at the end of the day, if Cam Newton is playing well and the Patriots are winning, I doubt Belichick's going to give him a whole lot of shit about the fact that he's wearing a bright orange jumpsuit to the stadium on Sunday. Like, I, I just don't think that that's going to be that big of a deal. So anyway, I really do. I think that this is a match made in heaven for both teams, or excuse me, for both the player and the coach. Uh, I think they're both going to get something out of this signing, and I'm I'm really pumped for this. I think New England is definitely going to be a Super, a Super Bowl contender come the end of the season. <laughs> So we've officially come full circle in the kneeling for the national anthem uh, protest movement, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's completely gone full circle, and here's why. So Samantha Leshnark, Leshnark Murphy, I, I just absolutely butchered her name, and I apologize. Samantha Murphy. We'll just call her Samantha Murphy. That's easy. A goalie for the North Carolina Courage, a member of the National Women's Soccer League, stood for the national anthem Saturday night while her teammates kneeled. She was the only player to stand for the national anthem. And she got absolutely torched on social media for it. How dare she? How dare she stand for the national anthem? Clearly she's racist. Clearly she's a white supremacist. I'm not kidding. That's literally what was going on around social media about this woman. I don't know anything about Miss Murphy, but I can tell you right now, I am a huge fan. I am now going to follow her career. I'm going to pay a lot of attention to Miss Murphy. I'm not even a soccer fan. I can't, I'm, I'm just not, I've never been a soccer person. You know, I am literally that American that watches the World Cup every four years. And that's about it. That's all. That's the only soccer I care about is the World Cup. But I am 100% a fan of Miss Murphy. For what she did. Because you want to know what she's doing? What she's doing now, it, and, and what this, forget what she's doing. Because what she's doing is she's actually showing bravery. What she just did, she knew, she knew, she had to have known. And if you don't know by now, then you're dope. That if you stand for the anthem while everybody else on your team is kneeling, you're going to get torched. You're going to get called names. And she did it anyway. Good for her. Good for her. This is where we're going now. And and the NFL season, I think, is going to be really, really interesting. Because 
you're going to see who kneels and who stands. We already know what happened in Drew Brees when he explained why he stood. So now it's going to be really interesting to see how the national conversation runs. Really, it's going to be how the mainstream media runs with the national conversation. But the conversation is going to be, if you stand, does that mean that you don't support black lives? Does that mean that you're a racist, that you're a white supremacist because you refuse to kneel during the national anthem? Because that seems to be where the tide has now turned is that now it's no longer acceptable for you to stand for the anthem, even if you have beliefs to stand for the anthem. Maybe you served. Maybe you have family who served. Maybe you have family members who have lost lives, and you believe that it is important for you, out of respect for your family, out of respect for your, as people like to say, your truth in your past, in your history, that you feel the need to stand for the anthem, are you now going to be completely and utterly canceled? I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. I'm just saying that that seems to be where it is because now it's only socially acceptable to kneel for the national anthem. It's that's, that seems to be the only social acceptable standard now. And for those of you, again, who like to ignore the fact that, and, and the media glosses over this now, they, they've completely shifted the goalposts, even though they, they blame other people for shifting the goalposts. It wasn't us. It was you. When Colin Kaepernick initially knelt for the anthem, in his initial statement, he said that he does not want to stand for a flag that represents a country in regards to social injustice. So it has and always will be about the American flag, at least according to Colin Kaepernick. Everyone has has completely glossed over that statement, but that was his initial statement. Now, again, Colin Kaepernick has made a whole hell of a lot of statements since then, and we all know why. I don't have to tell you why. Well, actually, no, I will anyway. It's because we all know Colin Kaepernick isn't the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, and therefore, he's probably been advised by his management, by his agent, and by all the people around him that are supporting him. Keep your mouth shut. Don't speak, because you really don't know what the hell you're talking about. Or you send mixed messages every time you open your mouth, which he does. But anyway, to get off the Kaepernick thing, I've been on Kaepernick for the past couple weeks. Miss Murphy, to me, is a hero. She embodies what it means to be brave, to be reasonable in an unreasonable time. That's bravery. Look, if you kneel for the anthem, that's your business. I'm not, I don't care if you kneel or if you stand. I, I truly don't. I don't. I will always stand for the national anthem because of what the flag represents for me, for my family. If you choose to kneel for the anthem because of, of what it represents for you and your family, that's fine. I respect your right to do it. I don't have to agree with it, just like you don't have to agree with me to stand. But the fact, though, that now you're going to people are going to try and cancel you and destroy your life because you're doing what you think is right that's where i step in and that's where i have a problem with it so for all the people out in social media land and all those wonderful commentators on those certain television networks that are castigating this woman shame on you and you know who you are y'all know who you are shame on you you people are not not part of the solution 
Not even close. If anything, you're part of the problem. So in my last word segment this week, I'm going to touch on a topic that I'm sure is not going to exactly wow everybody or please everybody. Um, And that's about the fact that uh, Will Kane is no longer on ESPN radio. And for those of you who have never listened to this podcast before, I am a huge Will Kane fan. So if you don't like Will Kane, if you don't want to hear me talk about Will Kane, I get it. Will Kane is not for everybody. Um, I will just bid you adieu here and I will speak to you all again next week. So those of, for, for those of you who are still listening, um, you know, Will Kane is no longer on ESPN radio. He chose to go in another direction. Um, I believe it's Fox News from, uh, from what I've read. So he will now be going to Fox News. Um, I don't agree with that decision by him. I think he should have stuck with ESPN. Apparently, it came down to money, and Fox News offered him more money, and he went and took the money. And I'm never, ever going to, as I've said a million times when it's come to athletes, I'm never going to question anybody when it comes to finances. So, I mean, apparently, it was a substantial difference in that paycheck. So, Will went with the place that was going to offer him more money and, I guess, more of an opportunity to do more within the network. Uh, Will used to be on first take. They took him off first take because Max Kellerman didn't like him. Will used to also be on, he was on outside of the lines. They actually kept him on outside the lines because um, Stephen A, uh, surprisingly, which I, I never knew this. I found this out after the fact. Stephen A was one of the biggest um, advocators for Will and got him onto various networks. And when first take when first take kind of pushed him out the back door, because again, Max Kellerman had a real problem with Will, and if you've ever watched the show, you know why, um, mainly because Max is a pretentious douchebag who doesn't like anybody to ever question him on anything. And Will has no problem punching you in the mouth a thousand times to try and make a point. Um, but anyway, so Stephen A was a real advocate for Will at the network, got him on outside the lines, got him on various other shows as well. Um, and then Will uh, had his radio show for the past was it two? I think it was like two and a half years. He took over for Ryan Rosillo when Rosillo left. And Will got a lot of pushback from a lot of people because Will was not willing to adhere to what is considered the norm or what is considered group think. He always wanted to push back against every narrative. The only thing that Will was ever consistent on And the only thing that he was completely and utterly biased on was his Dallas Cowboys. That was the one thing you knew. When you you first listened to the show, you found out Will was originally from Dallas, Texas. And he is a diehard Dallas Mavericks, Texas Rangers, and um, Dallas Cowboys fan. More so than anything else, it's his Dallas Cowboys. He used to get in arguments all the time with various, various network analysts especially Dan Orlovsky, when it came to the Dak versus Wentz debate. I have always and always will disagree with Will Kane about Dak Prescott versus Carson Wentz. I have always fallen on that Carson Wentz is a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I will never change my opinion on that, but that was always a fun thing to listen to. But aside from his Dallas Cowboys love, the reason why I gravitated to Will Kane was because he was willing to push back and say the stuff on radio that you would not hear from anybody else at ESPN or on any other radio station. 
he was willing to what he always said. He was willing, he was always going to be truthful and authentic and tell you what he felt. He also was one of the only people on radio, on national radio, not like the local sports talk radio stations, but on a national level, was willing to take phone calls and have people call him out on a daily basis. He, he would rather take a phone call with somebody who hated his guts than he liked, and you could tell that. Because if somebody come, came on and was like, hey, well, I'm a big fan. I love your show. You're totally right about the Cowboys, yada, yada, yada. He'd listen to them for about 10, 15 seconds to say, hey, thanks for the call. I really appreciate the love. And he'd move on. If somebody came on and disagreed with what he said, he'd let that guy go for like a minute, a minute and a half before he would interject and say, okay, let's break this down. And then he would have a full-on conversation with a caller. You don't see that. You just don't see that anymore. It doesn't exist. Usually, on a nationally syndicated radio show, you get a caller to call in who disagrees with the host. The host listens to them for about 15 seconds and then tells them why they're a moron. Will didn't do that. The only time I ever heard him snap at a caller was when a caller called him racist, and then Will lost his mind, as I think anybody would. And then he came back on, came back on the radio after the break and then apologized to the caller for snapping at him. Look, again, I am, and I will be the first one to admit it, I am an unabashed Will Cain fan. I am biased towards him. I am biased. I will always defend him. So listening to me talk about how great Will is, you got to take that with a grain of salt. And I am completely aware of that fact. But Will Cain is somebody who I'm deeply deeply going to miss listening to on the radio. I hope he does a podcast. He was actually starting to do long form podcasts um, near the end of, of his time at ESPN radio. He had on Lewis Riddick. He did one with Marcus Spears. He did one with um, Damian Woody. Um, and then he did one with uh, a few other coaches, uh, college coaches. And they were interesting. I mean, he talked about everything from sports to race to um, to social injustice issues, to really everything. Like he will encompassed everything within his podcast. He also encompassed everything in his radio show. He wasn't afraid to talk about anything. And listening to his radio show over the last two, two and a half years or so, I think has really given me inspiration to dig into other topics on this podcast. Richard from Richo and Lala and Richo's Rant has given me crap on Richo and Lala all the time. And has said, hey, now that Will Kane's leaving, you're not, you got no more material. And that used to be the inside joke between the two of us because he used to say, I don't need to listen to Will Kane's show. I'm listening to your podcast. You guys are like two freaking peas in a pod. It's like listening to the same person. And I took that as an, as an incredible compliment because I, I've put Will Kane that high as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to intellect, when it comes to arguments, when it comes to just being able to be a host of a radio show. So for people who, if people ever came at me and said, oh my God, you're just like Will Kane," you're not insulting me. You, you may think you're insulting me, but you're not insulting me. As far as I'm concerned, that's the biggest compliment I could get. So Will leaving... Um, look, I've, I've had various stages when different radio hosts have left 
ESPN, or maybe not necessarily left ESPN, but left their radio time slot. Um, I was a mess when Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Rosillo broke up. I I was completely devastated because they were really my introduction to sports radio. I mean, I had listened to uh, WEEI, which for those of you who live in New England, you know what I'm talking about. That's the that's the Boston local radio, and I'm not a Boston fan, but I like those guys better than the guys on, on New York radio. I just found them to be more entertaining. So I would listen to WEEI, but that, besides from that, I never really listened to a nationally syndicated radio show. SVP and Rosillo came along at the right time for me. I don't even remember why I started listening to them. It just happened. And I had listened to Mike and Mike, but they were okay. SVP and Rosillo were like this fun, edgy, just really exciting listen every single day. They were awesome. I would listen to their podcast every day, listen to their whole radio show every single day or the day after anyway on their podcast forum. And then they broke up. I got bummed out. Ryan Masillo then took over solo for a short period of time. And then he brought on Danny Cannell. And I loved, I loved Rosillo and Cannell. I thought they were awesome together. Again, a lot of people did not like Danny Cannell. I liked Cannell. I thought he was funny. I thought he was a little, little, little bit of a pain in the ass from time to time, but I just, I thought their chemistry was great. And then ESPN was doing a massive amount of layoffs. They sat Cannell, which I thought was pretty shitty. And I knew why they sat Cannell, but I mean, and anybody who understands ESPN politics knows why they sat Cannell, and that was because Cannell leaned more right. And at that point in time, ESPN was going through this, this whole weird political upheaval where pretty much anybody who leaned left could stay at the network or was considered neutral or neutral left could stay at the network. Anyone who was right-leaning was out. And then all of a sudden, Will Cain showed up. And it was pretty much like, and, and everyone covered it as Will Kane is the answer for ESPN because Will Kane is moderately conservatively minded, kind of like myself. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it. And, and if you've listened to this podcast, I think you've figured that out by now long enough that I am, I am moderate to moderate right. I am in, you know, I bend in some, in some circumstances, I bend left in other circumstances, I bend right, but I'm certainly not bending all the way to the left when it comes to my political and social beliefs. So Will Cain was kind of like that answer. So Rosillo, when Rosillo was solo again, he started having Will Cain come on and Will would be his co-host from time to time. And then Rosillo decided to leave. And then that was the second time that I was completely and utterly devastated because it wasn't a hundred percent confirmed that Will Cain was going to take over as the radio host. It was Rosillo. Rosillo was gone and I was Completely devastated. Ryan Rosillo, up to that point, and I love Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt might be my favorite sports personality, one of my favorite sports personalities ever, but Ryan Rosillo was my man. I love Rosillo. When Rosillo left ESPN, that is the second most devastated I've ever been. And then I found out Will Kane was taking over the show. Now, at the time, I was not the biggest Will Kane fan. Like, I had seen him on first take. I thought he was okay. I had listened to him with Rosillo, and I was like, wow, this guy is actually really good with Rosillo but I don't know how good he's going to be solo. It took me about a month into Will Kane's uh, tenure at ESPN as the host of that radio time slot. And I was hooked, hundred percent hooked. And since that point on, that's been my whole history with, with loving Will Kane and Will Kane is without question, 
my favorite sports personality ever. It may be my favorite. No, we'll just skip it with sports personality ever. Um, and I never thought that would happen. I truly never thought that somebody was ever going to eclipse Ryan Rosillo. And Will Kane did that. Like Will, and if you've never listened to Will Kane, I, the best thing for you to do, if you've never listened to Will, you should download the last episode of his show. His final, his final show. It's, um, I think it's still on, I think it's still on Apple Podcasts. I'm not 100% sure, but it should be. His last episode of his show, I think, encompasses everything there is to know about Will and about what that show meant, not just to him, but to us, the listeners, and the relationship that he tried to develop with his audience. And it's not just him. It's also the camaraderie that he created. Like, the show wasn't just Will. It was Will and his producers from day one. And he kind of he kind of stole that and stole that idea from Ryan Rossillo. And that's what made Ryan Rossillo's show so great was Rossillo was always interacting with his producers. And Will took that and rolled with it and then developed this awesome chemistry between he and everyone that worked behind the scenes on the show. Everyone who worked behind the scenes on the show had a microphone, got the opportunity to talk, to give their opinion, whether it was sports, political, entertainment, it didn't matter didn't matter whatever the topic was will would bring in the guys as he referred to them to come on and discuss every topic because will wanted everyone to have a voice and again that is something that is so foreign in this day and age and it shouldn't be so like i'm gonna end it here there's really no way to to end a rant like that successfully um i kind of jumped off a cliff there about 15 minutes ago and you know here we are so again, if you guys are still listening, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen um, to my Will Kane rant. I really highly advise you guys check him out. Um, he's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. I don't really know if he's on Facebook all that much, but um, you guys should really give him a listen. At least listen to what he did on ESPN Radio. Look, the guy the guy is now working at Fox News. I know a lot of you are anti. A lot of people out there, as soon as somebody says Fox News, there's this stigma and this bias of, oh my God, this, that network's awful. It's the devil. It's you know, whatever. If if that's how you feel, that's cool. I'm not expecting you guys to listen to him any longer, but do yourselves a favor and go back and and listen to snippets of his podcast. You could probably find it on YouTube too. If you, if you don't want to download the actual full podcast, but do yourselves a favor and check him out. Like I said, I mean, Will Kane for me anyway, my favorite sports personality. And I'm, I am definitely going to miss his radio program from here on out. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Low Valley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Sunline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, be sure to check out all the other great podcasts we have for you at the Sunline Network, including Richo's Rant, Drinks with Dan, and, of course, the always favorited Richo and Lala podcast. I hope you all are doing well. Stay safe. Be excited. Baseball's coming back. Check out some golf this weekend. If you got nothing else to do, if it's a rainy weekend for you somewhere, Check out some golf. Golf has been my saving grace anyway on the weekends um, when I've been desperately having like a hankering for some live sports. Golf has been there for me, so be sure to watch some golf. Um, I'll probably talk some golf next week on the podcast. And uh, yeah, stay safe, everybody. Love you all. Talk to you soon.